We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Gilcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. I'm here reunited with Sammy Reed and Nate Noling. Nate's, Nate's grumpy because he hasn't scraped all his data yet. We're, <laughs> so we're, we're recording this. Davis, Davis is a grandpa who wants to record at 5.30 Central Time. Incorrect. Although, I mean, I would, but it is it is 7 p.m. Central Time. The uh, game's in overtime, and Davis is like, you guys ready to go yet? The, the chances of me staying awake for the end of Sunday Night Football – are, they're just not great. I'm gonna be. He, had, he has been stressing us all day, Davis. It's like it's it's kind of ridiculous. You want to well, make fantasy sports a nine to five job, and it's not. Enjoy it. What do you I have to wake do. up for? You have nothing on the schedule tomorrow. I promise. That is, that is not true. <laughs> you don't know my life, Nate Noling. Got to walk the dog on Patriot, and all of a sudden, Davis is official. Got to get up early in the morning for work. <laughs> got to grind, <laughs> man. Morning grind. I got to grind. Um, so I think this is actually a very rare day. I think all three of us made money on this, this Sunday. Can, yeah, can that, you confirm Nate? Uh, my cast team, uh, this data has not been scraped. Nate doesn't know yet. Nate doesn't my cast know. team is bubbling, but I smashed in tournaments. So I'm doing all right. All right. Well, this will be can great you, because I think, can you take the L just to start the show? We can talk. We'll talk about it. But no, I guarantee you, this is not going to leave with me admitting that I'm wrong about anything. I can just, I can just tell you that right now. There's a, there's a zero percent chance we get to Corey Davis, and I go, you know what, Nate, you were right. I was wrong. Way to set the tone. So I just need to let you know that. But uh, go ahead and get into cash. Who scored the least amount of points in cash? Two seven, two seventeen for me. What do you have, Sammy? Two sixteen point six eight. Wow, I wrecked you. Yeah, I had one 9.5. <laughs> you were under 200? you <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think Nate obviously needs to start with what he played in cash. Yeah, yeah re-examine your process, bro. <laughs> so I went to Sean Watson. Um, wasn't really in question. I mean, really, it was, it was between Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan for me in cash. Uh, then I went Geo, Camara, 
and Tevin Coleman for my three running backs. Uh, Tevin was the one that was in question, but the reason I went Tevin was just, I mean, highest team total. Um, at home. And apparently you don't watch the games. At home. I mean, this I, – I, like, Matt Ryan rushing <laughs> two touchdowns last week is not going to be a thing. Like, Tevin – Tevin was in a good spot here. It was he hard was, for me not to I, go I, Tevin. He, he was definitely in a good spot. I'm not, I won't did even you argue. see what Christian McCaffrey did to this like, I didn't, last week? Okay. I didn't consider Tevin and Cash for even a millisecond, but I would say to you that it's it's not like you, you weren't playing like Bilal Powell against the Jaguars. Josh ADHD. Tevin was sharp. I'm fine with Tevin. I mean, well, he wasn't because Ito Smith is still getting like 40% of the backfield snaps there. But even at 65 to 70% of the uh, rushing work in a in a game with the highest team total at 5.9k. But to like not get in Elliott at that third running back spot was pretty bad. I don't think so. The only other guys that I was considering was like DJ and then or going down to Sonny. Uh, You're right. Considering, considering, considering DJ, but not considering Ezekiel Elliott. No, I wasn't going to pay up for, for, for 11 for 1100 more. I mean, here's, here's the thing about Tevin. He was great when he was like, whatever, 5.4 or whatever that is. Like, I don't know. What was he? 4.9 or 5. Hey, now, now that he's priced like straight up Devonta Freeman, like when's the last time you ever wanted to play Devonta Freeman? Like, I don't think I've Wait, ever. What do, mean, what do you mean he's priced? He's 5.9. Yeah, he's priced up. Yeah. He was $500 more than James White, and he projected to carry 70% of the team's. No one was playing James book. White in cash. A lot did, of did, AD, did ADHD play James White in cash? A lot though? of people played James White. Who played James White in cash? In cash? Please, please I send me James White was over 15%. Send me the, your, your, your username on DraftKings. Send me a friend request if you play James White in cash. That, that, can't, be, that can't be accurate. Uh, I think a lot of people were. That is, that is the fishiest. That's the fishiest. That's and really like, bad. I played, I played some James White in GPP. But like, yeah, I did too. Like, what's, the, what's the rationale? Yeah, I mean, Tevin kind of – I mean, you would not have expected him to get 58% of the team's rushing attempts this week, and he did. I mean, I would have projected him to get 65 at the absolute max of their backfield work, given what they did with Ito the last week. And given what they do every time when, when – every time under this head coach and this quarterback, they shuffle the running backs in and out, they don't just go one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is not a that is not a bell cow situation. Considering he was at sixty eight percent of the rushing work last week, you would expect him to be less than fifty this week. Yeah, he's at sixty five. Yeah, sixty five is right around the number I would project. Yeah, so sixty five. I think with the team total that they had, I think Tevin at five point nine was fine. If he was six point one, six point three, like in a fine. in a in a complete vacuum, when you're just like, oh, Tevin Coleman can do this, this, and this because he has this rushing share. Yeah, in a vacuum, he's fine, but in a roster construction sense i think that was pretty bad (laughs) tevin was the mistake of this week the one thing about tevin that i looking back on is stupid is just like i don't play running backs who don't get a bunch of targets in cash and i played tevin like i should have just played the cheaper tevin which was michelle and i didn't um my wide receivers i was pretty solid on all week there was kind of four guys that i was looking at in cash um Corey davis quincy anunwa alan robinson or taylor gabriel I ended up with uh, Corey Davis, Anunla, and Robinson. Wait, hold on. You mean you did not play Sterling Shepard? 
No, I didn't play Sir Ian Shepard. I mean, Whoa, you what? should you should just have a donkey brand put on your forehead. <laughs> you, should, you should be like self excluded from DraftKings for a week. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> what? I had like what up, guys? I had I think sixty five percent sterling in uh, tournaments, but I didn't. Have it's like, that's like literally the exact opposite of what you should be doing. That's like wait, you played direct- you played Corey Davis and not Sterling Shepard. Yes, Corey Davis was a better play. I mean, I don't even. What is your, what is your deal, man? There was zero like percent a better play projection wise. And no, I like Corey Davis. Davis was a better play by far. He projected to get more of his team's workload. He was the number one option. You can't Sterling even. Shepard is the say, number three option. You can't say for certain that he could project for more because we have not seen a game with no Latimer and no Ingram yet. Sterling Shepard, what is the number three option on his team? You have Odell, you have Saquon. Yes, if you only you go, if you only you go based off the the descriptive results of three games, yes, you no, could say you could say the Bar- He's no, the number three option on that team. He's not though. I get. I don't even have it up ahead of me right now, but I'm more than confident in saying that Shepard had more targets than Barkley today. The, today he did. Yeah, given the flow of this game, that makes total sense. And also, I'm not going to buy the descriptive results, which included one 16-target game for Barkley. I don't, I don't consider a 16-target game for Barkley predictive of the market share of how the targets would be displayed for the rest of the season. All right, so Sterling Shepard had uh, 51 air yards this week uh, for a 50% weighted opportunity rating, while uh, Corey Davis led the league in air yards this week with 230. 13 and had a whopper of 7.7. We're not, we are not, we're not talking about Corey Davis right now, fella. You literally just said Corey Davis wasn't a better player than Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. was based on projection and he was based on results. Shepard was the number one value play of the whole week. He was, like the, the first, he was like the first guy I locked in at wide receiver. That's all yeah. right. Because I, I, there's no way that you can tell me that a number three option should be the same play as a number one option. People freaked out about the Mariota thing, and it's just not a – we, we think, think we're better quarter, at judging think, context than we are. We think that we're better at projecting context than we are. When that's what we totally true, able and to you're doing it right now. You are volume. saying – you are actually saying. able to project volume, and there was nothing that could have told you that Sterling Shepard wasn't going to be the number one guy. And that's How about the fact that half their offense was Except last week, you saw what they did, right? They rolled they, – they put Lattimore on, on Julio Jones, and they rolled coverage over there. And Calvin Ridley, the number two option, eight. Like, these coaches watch film. This is what they do. And I, I, it was just so predictable that Sterling Shepard was going to eat in this game. It, it, Nate, you're, you're, you're standing in the middle of the forest and saying, what are all these trees? Sterling Shepard was a fine play. He was right there behind uh, – no, He was, he was the number one first guy get him in play. Correct. No. Correct. He was the first guy. And I, guy love, and I love Corey Davis. I played Corey Davis in cash last week. It was a terrible time, and, and that kind of took me off him. Yeah, like I, this I like week, Corey Davis. But... This week, Corey Davis was not a bad play. I think he was probably like a really good leverage GBP play considering how many people were going to have Allison, Boyd, and Shepard. But I just he would have never in a million years gotten into my cash team. Like you're just you're not quantifying risk properly. Like when a quarterback admits that he's injured and that he's having nerve pain, like I'm just not trying to tr- I'm not trying to attach myself to that. No, I'm I'm playing the volume. I I honestly believed going into this week that the receivers that I was looking at that, that were above Sterling Shepard in the same price range, I would have had a rub 
as a better play. I would have had Corey Davis as a better play, and I would have had Doug Baldwin as a better play. I mean, if you would have played Doug Baldwin, if, if you would have played Doug yes. Baldwin today, I, I would have I would have just sent you a friend. I would have just sent you a friend request on DraftKings. <laughs> you, would, you would have been like laggard, just like inviting him like fifty times a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate it when you get the number one option on the team. But this is a dude who's like got a bum hamstring and comes in and out of games. Like, I think you, again, this is you, you just overvaluing. You could potentially be a little bit too obsessed with just stripping everything down exactly to the numbers because the person, by the way, that you base a lot of this off of, we all respect him a lot, Josh Hermsmeyer, but he does not. Josh does not play DFS, and he will admit such as free. Like he will freely admit that. When yeah, you dude. actually look at the numbers, what you can project from a week-to-week basis is the volume and is the opportunity. What are the things that are most sticky? It's not based on the prior team's defense and what they did to the prior team's usage. Nate, Nate you got to understand something about football. Football is way more of an art than a science. You need to learn how to – football is, football is a little bit of a feel game, man. And if you, yeah. if you don't have that feel, it's going to leave you behind. And so, yeah, you got no feel, man. You got a big fastball, but you got no touch on that, on that changeup. You, you there gotta, will, there will certainly be trends that you will be out ahead on. There will certainly be weeks where, where completely disregarding all narrative and all – contextual information will give you an edge no no denying that there will be weeks where you get someone in that is two percent owned who is like in a smash volume spot but there's no denying that football daily fantasy is a little bit of a field game it's a it's a lot of a field game imo yeah. i'm saying that sterling Shepard is the number three offensive share op, uh, target on his team Saquon, right, so so what three Odell, receivers did you actually play i told you I played uh, Corey Davis, Quincy Anunua, and Allen Robinson. All right. I mean, I don't have a, I don't have an argument against Anunua or uh, a Robertson. Like I, I liked Anunua. I just uh, I don't know what did he? How many targets did he even end up getting? Wait, you like uh, you like Anunua, but you hated. He had eight targets, four for sixty six. Yeah, four, yeah for 60, he, four, he, four for sixty six sounds about what you would you would think he would get probably. Now he plays a lot in the slot, right? So he's not like generally matched up on like Boye or Ramsey, et cetera. But like, this is no, still Jackson defense. It's still right. the Jets on the road. Right. I so mean, I, did, I, I excluded an unwell when I ran. Yeah. He was 4.3. today. He was 4.3. And I thought a new one was going to see, uh, I mean, he saw eight targets at 4.3 with his talent. I, I don't know. I'm fine with that. And then we'll play at 4.3. I obviously would have rather gotten up to Shepard. Shepard was a better. Like, could have just, could have just been an alpha like me and played Gabriel. God, okay, that, is, got, that is like, super alpha, by the way. I, I liked Gabriel. Gabriel was a fine play, but you but definitely... you, you didn't feel it though. Cause you were like, the math says that Anun was going to get like 0.7 more targets. So like, clearly you got to get him in. I already had a Rob. I didn't want a Rob and, and, uh, well, Gabriel is the alpha bears receiver though. Gosh, you are so (laughs) like, (laughs) Nate, you need to crack a Red Bull, bro. You need to, you need to, you need to loosen up a little bit. We're recording four hours before we should be. And you're making like, Oh, he already has has a Red Bull open Sammy. (laughs) So what, what wide receiver or, uh, so did you have Ebron at tight end? Yeah. I, I think if you didn't play Ebron, that was fish. Did you also have Ebron, Sammy? Yeah, for sure. And you guys both played the Bears at defense? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that those were like no-brainer, you're bad if you didn't do them decisions. I just, 
I mean, I started my lineup with Geo, Shepard, Ebron, Bears. And then yeah, when it I, looked, I locked it, those four plus another guy in when I ran projections. Yeah, and then Allison when it became clear that Cobb was not going to play. Allison, by the way, almost had like a very, very good game. I didn't watch any of it, did he? He had like a like a Rogers special, like a forty yard touchdown to the pylon, and he just couldn't, you know, just the defender kind of just got a hand in, and then he got uh, concussed like soon yeah. after. Can, Sammy, are you serious? Going to tell me that like I I don't understand why we're why we're so excited about a third option on a team and jamming him like saying that he's the lock of the lock on the slate. Are, are you talking about Shepard or Allison? Yeah, Shepard. Allison is different. He Allison, can't. He can't let the Shepherd thing go. I can't let the Shepherd thing go. He's literally the third offensive option on his team. But I mean, how many? Like, weren't you projecting this game to have a lot of plays ran in it? Because you, yeah, you, I, probably, you, you should. Have you seen have. the Saints defense? Have you not seen what's going on with the Saints defense? I'm not saying you that Shepherd was a bad play. Shepherd was a great play. But I'm saying when you guys look at number one options, like clear number one options, as Corey Davis, Quincy Anunua. Allen Robinson and stuff like that and say that Shep- that Shepard because he got 100% of the targets he was 10 of 10 this week with well, a touchdown all of the variance uh, almost that too he went out at the like the one and a half late all of his variance went his way and he had 25 points like literally everything went right for Shepard this week and nah, he went out at the one yard line it didn't go right he could have he could have had he could have 32 yeah that was, that's what I had him projected for is 32. He actually came in under my projection. I had him with a weighted opportunity ranking of, of two, Nate. Just <laughs> flat two. Two hundred percent. I just don't get Davis, it. Davis. So you, you spend your weekend like talking to a bunch of like your like high stakes sharp friends. How many of them played Shepherd? They there was not a debate. Like as, as early as like Wednesday, everyone who you think is good who plays for a lot of money, Shepherd was the first person they put in. There was never a discussion about it. So Nate, you you should take that. All the sharp guys who play like you know five six figures a weekend are playing Shepherd and locking him. You should examine your process to say. What am I doing that these guys aren't? And, there's and a why chance. Aren't I there's there? a chance that people who are playing for millions of dollars probably have a slightly better idea of what makes a good NFL DFS lineup. You just got to you just got to suck down the ego a little bit, bro. It, just, it's, it's like, and they, I'm not even I'm not even trying to based thing. It's it, like literally, you cannot tell me that a third option on a team needs to be jammed in there at a higher percent. I can. I can't tell you that because you're way overconfident in your projections. You can't, I mean, you have to give, you have to have some contextual opinion or you should honestly just do your fantasy points projections based off of, you should give a league average, like you should figure out whatever the league average for carries, the league average for uh, targets is, and you should just do your projections that way. Cause you're, you can't have, you can't have both. Well, you, you actually can. You can take all the numbers and throw it into a statistical model and look at what's actually sticky and look at certain things which actually do help, like quarterback, So uh, what, what does your model do for defenses then? It does look at defenses. And there so are I'm, s- asking you, I'm asking you what it does. Because how, how would your model have – how would your model have adjusted for how bad the Saints defense is and how many plays they're giving up? So I project out plays per week and plays plays per game is based on a bunch of different things. There's, it takes into account the Vegas team total. It takes into account the 
um, historical plays per game that the defense and the offense is allowed. And it looks at all those and it comes up with a projection of, uh, you know, basically pace of play looks at plays. Then I look at a volume projection and I look at target projection per uh, come up with a target share, then project out team targets, then look at average a dot for the receiver. Have an a so dot, how much, project how much out is areas, project out what I think efficiency is. At the end of the day, defense is a lot closer to zero than everybody else thinks. No, I agree. I agree, but it's all about play. It's about the plays ran, and this game projected to have, if not the most, a lot of plays ran. And that's what I projected to have the most plays. New England, I expected to have the most plays this week. Then the Chargers, then Green Bay, then Atlanta, then Philly. Um, uh, Nate, when you say historical, what do you mean historical? For plays specifically, it mostly takes in. Uh, it weighs sing- the current season have way heavier than anything else. It uses a little bit of historical, but most of the time. So when you put everything in, d- different stats matter differently. So when it comes to quarterback efficiency, very little of quarterback efficiency is weighted from this season and most of its career. I think what I've found is career pacer is actually like one of the most, when you're just looking at QB efficiency, it's actually better just to input their career pacer based on uh, those numbers than anything else single season. Single season, the variance is so high. Okay. So but when it comes to plays per game, like projection on plays, 2015, what New England did does not really affect much of what 2018 is going to do for them. Where 2015, Tom Brady's efficiency matters in the 2018 projections. So, I mean, I would assume that your model then is probably having a very hard time with how different teams are playing this season then. That would, that would honestly be one of my assumptions as to why Corey Davis keeps popping up as optimal for you because Tennessee's still not running a ton of plays. They're obviously going to get a boost after today, but teams are just scoring more. Teams are more efficient. And I think when – Tennessee was in the bottom six from a plays projection standpoint, it was just that when you project Corey Davis to have that high of a target share at his average A dot, he projects to have one of the higher air yards from week-to-week basis. And at 5.3, it really doesn't matter what defense he is. Um, unless you want to project a historical inefficiency for him, um, he's going to come out to be a good play week after week if he's not going to be priced above 6K. Let's, well, I got to figure out what he's, he led what the he is in air yards this week. Julio Davis, they call him. <laughs> I mean, he did, he did score his first career touchdown today, right? Davis, he had 213 air yards with an 87 point or 8 point, 0.87 uh, whopper this, to, this week. What price would that not be a good play? Anything. I mean, about- I'm not even trying to talk about the results. I'm just trying to go back to whatever it was when I, we were setting lineups eight hours ago and saying, like, there's just, I don't think there's any way I ever would have rostered Corey Davis over Sterling Shepard. I don't think, like, I don't even know, like, maybe if someone laid me odds against them and head-to-head, like, you play Corey Davis, I get Sterling Shepard, and I will lay you 1.2 to 1. So, like, I get extra money. I would have played Corey Davis. Yeah, considering Corey Davis is the number one option on the team, uh, wouldn't have been close for me. I mean, I guess the difference is that I'm, I feel co- very confident in my knowledge of football. I know these teams. I feel very confident in that, and I feel like I can weigh the context of knowing what happens when an NFL team misses two of its five starting pass catchers. Yeah, you're, you're putting more ego behind your, your knowledge of context and defense where I'm saying. Wow, he roasted me, Sammy. He came no, I'm saying we actually me. don't know that. So what we do know is who is the number one target on the team. That's easy for us to figure out. A caveman can look at the numbers and tell you who the number one target is on the team. That's what we know, and that's what I'm going to make my predictions based off of and not based on the 
things that we don't seem to know and we continue to learn week after week. Do you remember for years when people used to say that Todd Gurley was not good at football? And people would confidently say that and they would make predictions based on that. And it took people years to get on board with the fact that Todd Gurley actually, when he got the volume, is good at football. Like, I mean, I'm not going to spend time evaluating talent. Oh, I was definitely one of those people and yeah. I don't care. Like, okay, well, you put, take the put Todd, put Todd Gurley back with, uh, put Todd Gurley back with, uh, what's his, like, Jeff Scott, like yeah, no, I'm trying to think of like another Scott terrible Lynch. coach. Yeah, like you, yeah, you. I, I, I do this, I'm going to project volume I mean, and make my plays based on that. So uh, now that you heard from the person with the worst score out of all of us, we're going to move on to Sammy, and he's going to tell you what he had in cash. <laughs> I actually do want to hear this, Sammy. Uh, so, I mean, I think my cash lineup was, was pretty straightforward. I mean, I told you the guys I locked in at first were Shepard, Allison, uh, Gio, and Ebron, and the Bears' defense. And then it was just a matter of, like, making things fit. And so uh, I really like Sony Michelle. Um, just with all the injuries in the New England backfield. I knew he wouldn't get a ton of targets, but the fact that he saw three last week I thought was slightly encouraging. How many, how many did he see today? Oh, probably zero. I, I, like loved, I like loved Michelle as a play, and I started out the week thinking he was a lock, but moved off of him. Yeah, I, I did too, and there was a case for not playing him. I didn't think he was a lock, but... I don't think he got one target. You know, just in the context. I mean, when you of, win, when you win like thirty-five to zero, like there's a good chance there's no reason to pass to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and he smashed, and you know, I ended up going at running back him, Geo, and then Kamara, and I actually wasn't sold on Kamara. I do not like playing the Saints outside of the Superdome or uh, Atlanta, the the Mercedes Benz Dome or whatever. If they're in a dome, even if they're on the road, I'm great. But like on the road, I was not sold on Kamara. It's just like salary, the way it worked out. I had room, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. So that ended up working well, but I don't want to like take a huge W for that because I wasn't like that. Right. Kamara. Kamara lucked out at the end, too. I mean, I had him. Yeah, but he was, ran well. Yeah, he had – yeah. But he actually was due for touchdown regression his way this season, which is interesting because last year he was such an over-efficiency in this do you year. Think, do you before. think that uh, it's going to be fish to play Kamara at these insane prices when Ingram comes back? Like, do you think that they're just like, yeah. all right, yes, Ingram, you're, you're in on third down sometimes. Ingram, you're in on the goal line all the time. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Kamara is basically expensive uh, Marcus Colston. That, I mean, that's what I thought last year, and Kamara continued to smash. So <laughs> Nate probably <laughs> rostered Kamara zero times all of last season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, waiting, just waiting for him to stop scoring a long touchdown. Yeah, I finally gave in in, like, week nine. I was like, okay, it's just, it's just happening. Like, you know who, you know who Nate actually did fade, like, a bunch of times, who, who got completely bailed out? like four times was was Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt had like a bunch of bad games where he had like a 65-yard touchdown and every week I'd be like Nate, how's my butt taste? <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now who's <laughs> uh, So so yeah, and then and then at receiver I went Julio Allison Shepard. And obviously Shepard was a lock, Allison was a lock. And I just thought Julio in this game, I mean, of course he's like allergic to the end zone. He just refuses. It's like, it's like getting hilarious. It's like pretty hilarious at this point. Dude, it's like there's a magical force field around the goal line that like just rejects him. He's like a positive charge and the end zone is also a positive charge. And when they get together, it's just boom. You can't. I don't, I don't actually ever want him to score. Yeah, it is I know. funnier the longer. You want it to be goes. like Degrom winning nine games. Like that's that's what you want Julio to be. 
and and he still smashed. He ran super good. He got like a forty yard catch at the end that was that was BS. That was awesome. Davis, wow. is there a point where you actually believe that Julio just might not have the like requisite ability to score touchdowns? Because so, his size profiles to be like everything about him projects to so, be an above average touchdown scorer. I mean, honestly, it could just be one of those things where like football, you know, it's such a weird game that we can't ever be confident in the sample sizes. It could just be I mean, maybe maybe he's had conversations with the offensive coordinators like, hey, you know, I really want to be used in this way in the red zone because this opens up. Like, like maybe hey, I, would, I would really like for you to just not throw me the ball near the Maybe he's zone. like the least selfish dude ever when it gets in the red zone and he knows he's getting double teamed, so he'll do this, this. I, I don't know. I would say that before I knew like a lot more about analytics of football, like maybe like three seasons ago, I probably would have disparaged Julio. I probably would have been like, you know, this loser can't score touchdowns. But now, now I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. Sammy, your lineup was what I had when I woke up on Sunday morning. Yeah, and, and, you, and you made a swap. Talk a little bit about that. So I played another cheap wide receiver. I played, um, I played Sterling Shepard, Geronimo Allison, and Taylor Gabriel to get Ezekiel Elliott in the flex because the more I looked at it, I was just like – I don't trust Odell Beckham. I don't trust Julio Jones. I don't trust Jarvis Landry. I don't trust any of these dudes to get the amount of volume that I am. I am for certain that Elliott, Barkley, or Melvin Gordon would get. All three of them would have fit in that lineup I had, depending on the quarterback I went with. And the quarterback I ended up going with was Drew Brees. So I scored <laughs> <laughs> I scored 217 in cash with 8.88 points from Drew Brees. Brees wow. wasn't even on my like list. I don't think. So if I yeah, play, that, that was weird. That was I, that was a little weird. Why didn't you? I mean, why didn't you just go with Matt Ryan? When you when you are when you are talking to people who are like have a lot more skin in the game than you do, and who you know like you're in you're exchanging information or whatever. If all of these people are like, no, Breeze is the play. Like sometimes you just sometimes that just influences your decision making. You know. Yeah. And that, I, that can happen for that can happen good or bad. And this, like, I probably I would not have felt confident going one hundred percent Gabriel, which I did do, had I not been not privy to right. Because I was I basically what I said is I was like I'm trying to get to Boyd because I don't feel that comfortable with Gabriel. And a couple of my friends were basically just like, no, Gabriel, like he's fine. You, you I like, thought I thought Gabriel was very sketch, and obviously he smashed. I had a decent amount in tournaments. Um, so I, I'm not going to say I didn't like him, but like in cash, I was like, dude, he's Mitchell Trubisky's number two slash three option. I don't, I, I don't know. I know he's been getting targets the last couple of weeks, but in cash, I was very suspect. A big, a big thing for me, obviously the Miller injury is kind of what drew my attention to it, but of I course. do, I, I'm still pro Nagy. Like, even though the offense has been kind of middling for three weeks, I'm still like, if you look at what they're doing on the scripted plays, they have a good offense and shape. The architecture for like a really good Rams-esque offense is there. And the second is, you know, they have like very clearly what you can tell are Taylor Gabriel plays. Like they they have formations and they have plays that are like, okay, we would like to get him the ball where there's no defender within four yards of him. Like those touchdowns were definitely manufactured to him. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost like the Tyreek usage, just in a different – 
it's 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 obviously not the same skill set as Tyreek. I, I would actually say I'm it's more like say. how they're using Watkins. Like they they literally just have these plays that are designed to get Watkins the ball moving left or right with no one around him. But Nagy is one of those like hashtag sharp coordinators that I actually trust. So like I I actually am on board with like the more I thought about it, the more as I was watching the game, the more I sort of I should have gone uh, a Rob and Gabriel. I was a little bit concerned about it because I didn't want to tie that much of my cash equity to Trubisky's arm and his decision-making, but I don't know. Gabriel, like, he just gets used all over the field where he's going to get his targets, and his targets are um, high completion. And that's the thing is, that's the thing is, the, is if you get the, the good combination of a cheap guy you want is a guy who does get some of those screen touches, so, like, you know he's not getting you zero, you but, that he, but that he also gets – the 40 yard targets like this is like um who is that Arizona Cardinals wide receiver JJ Nelson that everyone played last year kind of like the same thing like he would get a couple screen passes but then he would also get like the the deep shots when they would take them Mm -hmm. yeah I was just bummed watching that example because JJ Nelson is bad but yeah I mean I don't know if Gabriel's good or not like clearly he ran like God to have whatever 35 DraftKings points or whatever like he'll this he won't he might not score two touchdowns rest of the way for 3.9, I mean, he's, like, at, like, 8, 9x. Like, that's just fire. Like he, if you he, got, Gabriel, he, got, like, he got to, like, 13. I remember he got, like, a 30-yard catch and got to, like, 12 or 13, and I was, like, smash. Deo, like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah, he had seven targets, and he turned it into two touchdowns and seven receptions. Right. So, like, yeah. with 104 yards. So, he's, like, Corey Davis, but, like, if Corey Davis was good. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Davis is just the cheap new cop. The thing, the thing about Nate is that he doesn't even know that I like was like a Corey Davis fan before Nate even saw his name in a database because he was an amazing college prospect when he, he was, was like at Central Michigan. Right? Yeah. yeah, Central Michigan. So he was in the MAC, and he yeah. he just was like a smack. Like he was, so he was a play in college DFS back when it existed before, like four years ago. That's hot. Did you have any DeAndre Hopkins today, Davis? My best lineup, actually, I had a GPP lineup that had 245. That was like the stack of that game that had mm. Watkins and Kiki Cutie or uh, Watson and Kiki Cutie and Hopkins. Yeah, my best. I mean, all, unfortunately, I had like 70% Will Fuller in tournaments, so the Will Fuller injury hurt. But yeah, my best lineup on DK had 250 and it included. Oh, but the I needed to, I needed to berate Sammy real quick for saying that he didn't think Kamara was a lock. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't think he was a lock. I, and he gets like ten targets at the running back position, and every time he touches the ball, he can turn any one of those into a touchdown. Like I, I thought, I thought that Zeke and and Melvin Gordon were the cash plays. I, yeah, I get no, Melvin, no, so like, I don't get Zeke. I don't get the Zeke thing. Talk to me more about the Zeke. He just doesn't so. Get what do you mean? Nobody else on that team gets touches. Nate, this should be like you should be banging the drum for getting. He was seventy seven hundred at home against a bad run defense with 22% of the team's targets. He's the only thing they use at the goal line. Like, everything you say is good in a player, you were like, oh, yeah, smash. Dude, and they give, like, no touches to anybody else. Like, Alan Hearns and Gallup get, like, two yeah, targets like Rod, a game. Rod, Rod Smith gets, like, two carries, and then they're like, all right, Zeke for eight more carries in a yeah, row. All they do is give the ball to Zeke. That's all they do. It's a machine. Well, Dak, Dak has a decent amount of the, rush, uh, the rushing attempt share. 
Um, Rod Smith, Tavon Austin all take some touches from. Oh my him. God! Don't 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 bring Tavon Austin. Tavon up. Tavon. Get, I think Tavon Tavon has like eight targets over like eight, he has like eight interactions through three games before yeah. he got hurt today. Okay, but I'm like looking at it and I'm I I don't know I I I didn't have I he only was, had one lineup with Zeke and I was like trying to figure out why I missed on Zeke and the it's, one I'm looking it's because apparently. Like, you're you're not looking at how Dallas filters their touches the right way if you're worried about Tavon Austin. I'm not worried about Tavon Austin. I'm just I was just telling you those are the four people who would take rushing attempts. I, I will say this. If you look at projections, you know, those stuff that we have here at Roto Grinders, the Blitz projection, shout out there at Cardi. They're the number one thing that I look at, but also like other sites around the industry, like all the ones with paid subscriptions, like good projections, they all had Zeke as like a top three value on the he had the slate. lowest of the target share from any one of those top price running back. He had a lower target share projection than Saquon Barkley, lower target share projection than Melvin Gordon, much lower than Alvin Kamara. Um, well, dude, let me David Johnson. Dude, let me get in Drew Brees. So like, clearly it was the play. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Zeke felt like Zeke felt to me, if I was going to pay that high, I would have gone up to Saquon or gotten up to Kamara. what I, what I actually had, what I actually had like pretty close to before lock. I think I even put this in our chat was Ryan Gordon. Okay. Yeah. I liked Gordon that's, too. That's what I thought you were going with. Or, I liked or maybe it was Ryan Barkley. I mean, I think either, like either one. Oh of yeah. It was, it was Barkley. And I said, I wouldn't go with Barkley and Shepard in cash. Like you don't want to be overexposed. What did, what did Barkley even get? Barkley I mean, got Bar- Barkley like, did 20. Did a ton of, yeah. Yeah, he didn't he get a ton fine. of work. I think this was his lowest 20, 22. offensive share yet. Yeah, 20. Yeah, like I, I mean, I think that would have been – like I think even with Ryan's score, I think it even probably would have even come close to evening out. But MG, MG3 was at 34. Zeke was at 37. Camaro was at 44. Like those guys kind of smashed Barkley up. Yeah. I mean, Bar- Barkley, Barkley almost got to Sterling Shepard. Let's just say it that way. Barkley, yeah. yeah Barkley had his lowest <laughs> offensive usage of this. <laughs> this lowest week. offensive usage of the year. Because it was all filtering towards Sterling Shepard, but I just put I just put Zeke like below Kamara, below Gordon, below Barkley, all per per dollar. He was, but he was cheaper. And actually, I would say Zeke is very similar. Actually, I would say Zeke. If you had me guess the rest of the way, he would have a higher percentage of his team's touches than Gordon will because they're really using Eckler now. Like Eckler's oh, like I, a real part of their offense. I agree with that. I agree with that. Absolutely. I think Zeke will touch the ball more on a percentage basis yeah. than Melvin Gordon. Uh, I mean, do either one of you guys want to, like, talk about any other defenses? Like, did you even think about wavering from the Bears for a second? I didn't uh, think I did. about getting off the I Bears. I did not. Cash, but I thought there were other plays in tournaments. I think like, I, I played, I played the, the Packers on, in FanDuel cash because FanDuel is yeah, just sure. so much easier – yeah. Like, we're not even talking about FanDuel. I swept FanDuel. Like, I mean, FanDuel is just so insanely easy. And the Packers, so I had a decent amount of Packers in GPP, and they ended up with a shutout in 23 points. But they were 3.5 on DraftKings, whereas the Bears were 2.6. And they were just like, if you didn't play the Bears in cash, it's like, you know, you need to reexamine. Like, they were just the play. Yeah, I had some Colts in, in GPP just because they were $400 cheaper. Deshaun Watson as much Me too. As, I had some Colts. Deshaun I actually had some Titans in GPP. Big, big Titans fan you are. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> when you oh, get Nate. number one options, who's going to – I mean, he got – you're insane. You're like <laughs> – Hey, by the way, 
I, I guess we usually save this for the point where, you know, what did we learn today? Mariota is fast as hell. He like, is. I watched some of that game. He is insanely fast. He, like, jumped off the screen to me. I'm watching, like, four screens, and I just see this dude, like, darting around, and I'm like, dude, is that Taewon Taylor? No, nah, dude, is, it's Mariota. This is coming from someone who apparently did not watch any college football. When no, no I, 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 I'm, I'm 0% college football. Dude, he was, like, Mariota was, like, I don't even he, – he, he, was he, like he was Yeah, he was a little Vic-like when he was at Oregon. He was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But like with like even a more efficient offense, honestly. Well, I'm I'm back on the Titans. Mariota jumped off, and he threw the ball well. He threw uh, the ball something well. something I learned is that when the Patriots have a good offensive game plan and don't run on second and long, they uh, they're gonna keep blowing teams out. Yeah. Something I learned is just no matter how much rushing <laughs> attempts, I think a uh, running back's gonna get. You cannot play running backs who don't get a bunch of targets in cash, and that was Tevin. Tevin was a mistake. That's sharp. Uh, Aaron Jones. I had 20% Aaron Jones in GPPs because you want to get ahead of this. I just kind of think that's bad because his best case scenario is like 12 touches, right? No, I was on on the narrative. I was on the Aaron Rodgers press conference (laughs) narrative where they were going to – Okay, that's being being an idiot. Yeah, that's being an idiot. This is fish. You couldn't project him for more than like a 5% target share. Do your projections take into account the press conference? No, they don't. Historical usage, not this week's Thursday press conference. <laughs> <laughs> you need to add that in your model, mate. I need, I, need people, I need people to know that I do not agree with Sammy on this and that he's an idiot. Uh, so, Aaron <laughs> Jones, moving forward, you guys, it, it's happening. I think it's happening. How many touches did he actually get? Let me look that. Uh, I think he got 11 rushes. That sounds about right. Yeah, he got 11 rushing attempts for 34% you, of his you, team. Do you want to admit that Tyler Boyd is like a legitimate good NFL wide receiver? I've never said that Tyler Boyd wasn't. It was just last week in comparison to Corey Davis, he was a worse play. I mean, I think he only had like 28. So, oh, are we using like, results-based analysis to determine things? I mean, he got more targets. He, he got more targets. Stick our finger you know? in the wind and make our bets based on that. He got, by, more, by, he got more targets. You guys, by the way, uh, we're kind of burying uh, the lead. We kind of moved on when I wasn't ready. Aaron Jones also had a target. Oh. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. I mean, probably probably came after Geronimo was concussed, though. <laughs> True. Wait, Sammy, what are you looking at with Aaron Jones? He had like 35% of his team's rushing attempts. I was, I was trying to get out ahead of the game, man. I was trying to get out ahead of it. You can't wait until stuff happens to, like, jump on stuff. you got to, like, be ahead of it, Nate. That's how you make money. So, but, like, it was a literal even split with Jamal Williams. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, the press conference led me astray. I thought that that would, that would be different. But it's going to be different moving forward. I'm back on him next week. Something we should, something we should probably um, look out for with, uh, with them is that if Geronimo is, like, actually concussed, Ty Montgomery might have to move back to the slot. And so it could just be, like, straight up. Aaron Jones, I Jamal Williams, be hot. No, dude. If if Ty moves back to this slot, I'd be all over Ty. As a running back, price for like five k. Are why do you even say this stuff, man? He'd get ten targets. There are running backs who will get ten targets and also twenty rushing attempts. And Nate, you sent you've sent wide receiver and flex lineups for your cash like prelim a couple times the last week. <laughs> I just I need you to know how bad that is. It's like it's like a really good tournament strategy, and it's really bad in cash. It's not a way to maximize your floor. 
uh, it's not a way to maximize your four-year right. But uh, if you actually care about, care about scoring points on DraftKings, um, in today's NFL, um, wide receivers are a better way to do that. I mean, okay, yes. The, okay, if, you, let's, if, you, let's, if, you, if you ran the numbers, you would definitely find out that wide receivers score more PPR points on average, that more wide receivers score over 15 DraftKings points on average, but that you don't know which wide receivers those are going to be before the game start, whereas you have a very good idea of which running backs will, will account for what PPR points. Yeah, I would agree. If you are. make projections based off of like defenses and try to predict usage based on press conferences – you won't get on the white rider. Don't you can't you can't, you, can't you, you don't don't lump me in with Sammy. If you want to if you want to project wide receivers based on their actual usage and uh, you know if you have a very regimented uh, projection where you're actually looking at target share, looking at average depth of target historically, and then project your numbers based on that, you can get a pretty good um, share of opportunities from the wide receiver position that I think in today's day and age in the NFL. It's the amount of rushing attempts versus passing attempts that I'd want. Like, I don't know. To me, it's all about targets. And I think in the past, running back in the flex was like a jam them in. I think more and more that they're, you're going to find wide receivers that are underpriced for the usage that they get. You know, if, you're, if we're going to have a week you next will, week, but I can, if I we're going to get Anula, Allen Robinson, and Corey Davis continuing to be under 6K, they're better plays than the running backs that we're paying 5K and plus four. There you I, go. I, I agree with that. But how do you – like? I, just to kind of get this to one subject, how do you guys account for the change in the NFL this this year? Obviously, the NFL is scoring a ton more points. I, I don't, I don't have the answer yet, but it, like it, something's got to change. Every week, people are scoring like two hundred in cash, like no problem. I think it's those cheap wide receivers, man. We're seeing more receiver volume and more stuff through the air, but it's yeah, not more teams are passing, going. and more teams are distributing their targets more evenly, and not just really targeting one guy. Correct. So when you have these receivers that are like super expensive and then these receivers that are super cheap, there's a, their projection, I think, should be closer than their pricing dictates right now. I would agree. I think I that's think where the value is. At the end of the day, if you pull up the top 10 DraftKings output week after week after week, you're going to find maybe two running backs, maybe three running backs littered through. And those running backs that are in the top 10, in the top 20, are going to be the running backs that are basically used as wide receivers, are going to be the Alvin Kamaros, the Christian McCaffreys, the guys like that that get 10-plus targets of their team. You're not going to find these 25-carry you know, 25 guys that we used to get in DraftKings. Like, they're just not a play. It's not how the today's NFL works anymore. And I think the old way that we used to think about it, I don't think four wide receivers is as fish as you think. It's a higher variance approach, but the NFL is a higher variance game these days. So if you go on a higher team total and you get a, a good amount of plays, you're going to get targets from those wide receivers as long as you don't. I don't know. I agree with you. It's just that's really embracing variance, and that's not a very good strategy for cash games. It's, in fact, a bad strategy for cash games. Right. But I think in GPPs, I mean, I've always been a guy who – You should, you should pretty much receivers. always be going for wide receivers in GPPs now unless there's, like, truly, like, a bunch of running back locks in a week. Yeah. And I think that's – it's just exasperated by the way the landscape is right now. It is crazy, though. Like, a lot of, like, you know, quote-unquote conventional wisdom about NFL – like about seasonal fantasy about daily fantasy is like very wrong now just because teams are scoring so much and passing so much. Well, that's exactly right. And so much of it is like adapting quickly, understanding what's going on with the game and adapting quickly as opposed to holding things that were true last year or the year before or the four years that you've been playing DFS. Like things change. They're cyclical. 
just like the market, just like Nike stock, all that stuff. You know, you got to No, Nike gotta stock's not a cycle. That's just an upward climb. <laughs> Trubisky Nate, goat, man. Is I that what you learned for this week? I just learned Trubisky goat, man. He saved me in my GPP lineups. I had a profitable I, I had 0% Trubisky. That's like my big regret. You yeah. guys told me that 200 was the cash line. My, my cash team put up 199.5 and I profited. I'm well, I'm I, like I'm like mad you profited honestly. I, I like profited I not only you, you should have lost my team smashed. You should have lost I'm Nate. Yeah, yeah. You should you should have been minus this week. No offense. Yeah. You no. I offense no. intended when for me. When you have seventy percent Corey Davis and uh, everybody else in the field plays him at two percent because they think they know how. What to about what about if you have a hundred percent Taylor Gabriel and he's only five percent? Was he only five percent in cash? Probably less in tournaments. I didn't really look. I don't really look at I don't really look at stuff during like I'm just following the games. Yeah, same same here. Like I haven't had a chance to digest all that. Yeah. Um, hold on, hold, hold on. Let me let me let me do this. Let me bring up the giant twenty five dollar double up. That's just, that that it, when, that's the contest I leave pulled up that and and that I sweat like percentages from. I yeah, let me one ninety nine point one ninety five was the cash line in the single entry. I don't know. ADHD said it. Julio was only 7.5%. I mean, yeah, people like that should not be surprising to you. People just do the opposite. Like they, they just, whatever wow. happened last week, it will happen this week. Sony Shepard in that. Shepard was 67.8%. Yeah, it's uh, not Kamara. a great move when you're 32% <laughs> you're fading 68% of the field. <laughs> Uh, Geronimo this might have been a bad play solely because of the ownership. If I would have known his ownership was going to be 70% in cash. Well, what did you think he was going to be? Are you that bad at reading what other people are doing? Kamara was only 55. The Bears were 45%. Okay, yes. Oh There's a difference between someone being $9,600 and a wide receiver being $4,900. The Bears were $2,600 and were the lock of the lock, and they were 45% in cash. I mean, people will do anything they can to get off defenses, though. It, you, that's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Defense is like... Or whatever position. And and like the, the biggest defensive variance. Even though I might have think thought he was a worse play in cash games, if you're fading sixty eight percent of the field. If right you here, if you think it's close and one guy's two percent owned and one guy's sixty eight percent owned, you, you're you're, a, you're an absolute dongfish if you take the two percent owned guy. Well yeah, here's here's based the thing. on the overall range of outcomes in NFL. That yeah, here's the thing you can do with that, Nate, is like in your double ups and fifty fifties, go more chalky. And then in head to heads, embrace the variance. Yeah. If you want to go that way and, and get all your Corey Davis. No, I think I think that's the opposite. Do you? Yeah, because you, you wanna just like in, in head v head like in, in head to heads, you're gonna have a lot of like one v ones or whatever anyways. So just and if you think you're better at that, then take the chalkier guy in the head to heads and then in the double ups, if you have the two percent owned guy and he outscores the sixty eight percent owned guy by three points, like you're basically locking up a, a cash. I, I feel like you're like giving reverse implied odds though in that in that scenario because if your two percent guy doesn't doesn't hit, you're like done in all your in all your fifty fifties, like all of them. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah, when, that is true. Where yeah, in cash, okay. you can still come back from that. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways. So, yeah, you can. Yeah, overall. Let me let me let me let me think about this more when I'm not like drinking half a bottle of wine. Made wow. made made more money than Nate today. He just he just yeah. put it in our group chat. Yeah. 
Did you include the bet that you have to pay me? Remember when you bet me that uh, Corey Davis was going to see eight targets like a fish? Oh, yeah. Even with that, <laughs> I Remember my PayPal? Yeah, I'm I got I'm glad I didn't take that one, by the way. Yeah, feel free to send my PayPal. I'll send it to your – I think that's a great way to end the show. Sammy, what did you learn? You're the, did you learn to follow Aaron Rodgers' press conferences? Yeah, I mean, just, just keep writing the press conference narrative and you're going to profit. Easy game. Easy game. Nate, you want you want to send off? Play Corey Davis in cash if he's going to continue to be under 6K. Play Taylor Gabriel in cash if he's going to keep being under 4K. Be an alpha. Don't be a Nate. <laughs>